Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It's going great. I'm in Portland. It's about 42 degrees. Maybe it's up to about 44 now. And uh, I'm a wimp. I set up a little heater, portable heater, right now by my feet. (laughs) I like it warm. Anyway, it's going. It's going great. It, yeah, it looks enjoying your uh, your Mario. You run into Mario at all? No, no. I I shouted Mario, Mario, and I just. I honestly don't even know how far Eugene is from Portland. Is it close ish? I don't. No, no, not. I don't think it's super close. I'm not sure exactly uh-huh. how, but it's not. Uh, we're near. I think the like the Nike headquarters. Right. I think our Beaverton, maybe. Yeah, Beaverton. And that's like a 10 minute, 15 minute drive from here. Gotcha. So, um, uh, yeah, Eugene, I'm not sure. I'm I'm about to Google it, but, uh, (laughs) um, but it's beautiful here. Leaves are changing orange, red, and about a week or two, it'll be just lit up gorgeous. Yeah, I'm I'm going uh, this weekend, taking the weekend off. Obviously, no Miami game um, to go up to Syracuse uh, for the first time in a couple of years. Obviously, my alma mater. So I'll get a little bit of fall up there. I get to watch a top 25 Wake Forest team play. Uh, when, I, when I bought my $6 third row tickets for uh, Miami Wake Forest, uh, I was not expecting a, one of those teams to be in the top 25. So uh, uh, that's amazing. Deal, I think. Wow. And by the way, Syracuse has the most beautiful fall foliage. I don't, I don't know if this would it be, um, would it be going now? Or yeah, it might be a little too early. I was looking at the weather and it's actually, you said it's 45 up in Portland, Syracuse, which is like the coldest place in America, basically. Oh, it's it's going to oh, be yeah. like the high fifties this weekend. So uh, not going to be You're super kidding cold me. there. Yeah. Here it's going, it's, it's going to hit 30 soon. Uh, I have a point. But Syracuse I've been there during the fall and it is amazing. It, and obviously you have too. Yeah. They, they, they've redone the carrier dome. So I'm excited to see, see what it looks like up there now. Um, I can't imagine. I, By the way, I just, I, David, I just have to say distance from Portland to Eugene, Oregon is one hour and 50 minutes driving right now. Okay. So, so you can't just drop by Mario's house and, uh, no, I can't, can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you might be able to tell by this very long, uh, irrelevant digression at the top of the episode. There's not a whole lot going on this week. In the second half of this episode, I'll be joined by Michelle Kaufman, our Miami basketball beat writer. Uh, Let's talk a little bit of Canes basketball. Uh, Started training camp last week, had their first uh, media availability on Tuesday. Uh, Seems like they could have a nice little season. Uh, Finally have some depth, have a couple potential star guards. Um, Team poised definitely for, for an improvement on these last few years that have been really, really, really rough um, with you know, some of the injuries and FBI stuff. Uh, but first, let's get to some football. Um, obviously, after Miami's loss to Virginia, we recorded the next morning. Um, and I think we were basically in a position where either the episode we recorded this week was going to be really big because, I don't know, maybe co- you know, by week, maybe coaching changes, anything like that. Um, basically, big changes could have been on the horizon. Or it could have been really quiet, and that's where we are now instead. Um, you know, Miami has not had any uh, real availability this week. They have been practicing, um, as, as Barry Jackson, our, our colleague, reported. 
Uh, there's actually a fight in practice one day this week, which I think he noted well, like not super unusual. Like that probably happens once, once a year at least. Right. Just with every college team, there, there's sure. stuff like that. Um, yeah. The thing he wrote really was writing about was uh, players only meeting after, which he kind of spun. And I, I, I agree with him to an extent. Good sign, obviously that um, they have not, you know, they've not punted on this season. They've not totally packed it in, which, as we have said a lot of times um, on episodes of this show has happened a lot in the past with, with some Miami teams. Um, but otherwise just kind of a quiet week, obviously Manny Diaz is going to be the coach uh, next Saturday when Miami goes up to uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina for uh, a game that uh, looked a lot more exciting a month ago than it does now Miami UNC. Um, obviously that's uh, much to the chagrin, I think of, of a lot of Miami fans who wanted to change now. Um, I guess the two other than the fight, which I don't think we really need to get into too much. Well, but I, I just have to say something about the fight. I, I mean, <clears throat> I think the thing about the player, the team meeting, that's fine. But I think honestly that it does really show that there's, uh, you know, there, there is, there's some trouble in paradise. Yeah, I mean, frustra- I, I mean, you know, not a surprise I, I, that there's frustration, right? Yeah, no, not a surprise at all. And fights do happen. But this kind of thing, I mean, you're saying it shows that, you know, that that they still care. But there might you never know, really, if there is kind of a faction that's growing away. But yeah, because that's a lot of times that's why there are meetings. That's why from what Barry wrote uh, through a source through a couple of sources that, uh, you know, when they make mistakes in practice, they have to run or do whatever they have to do sprints. And if somebody loafs or you know, doesn't, doesn't go all out, then they all have to start from the beginning. And just the idea that, I don't know, it, to me, it doesn't feel very, really great. Uh, I have a feeling there's some stuff building in the locker room and we'll see what happens, but I've been there before. I've seen it before. And, uh, and somehow it starts like this and yeah. we'll see. It actually happened under Manny. Remember, there was a team. There was a big meeting a couple of years ago. Actually, um, just uh, first year, I think, right? Yeah, I just don't. I don't think it's necessarily good, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm not particularly optimistic about the game coming up. So, yeah, that, that's fair. Um, other than the fight, again, we have not been able to talk to players or coaches or anything this week. Right. Um, so the, the two uh, insights we've gotten into the program were Manny Diaz's weekly interview uh, on WQAM with Joe Rose on Monday morning. Um, not a whole lot there. You know, obviously we had just talked to Manny after the game, kind of a lot of the same, a lot of the same lines he'd been kind of trumpeting for the, basically as the things have unraveled, um, you know, said basically more changes potentially coming on offense. Um, I, I I think that probably just means maybe even more opportunities for some of these young guys who, who flashed. Obviously we saw a lot of those freshmen that people have been waiting on played their most, uh, most significant playing time on Thursday against Virginia on both sides of the ball, uh, you know, the freshman receivers. And then obviously a, a few of the guys on defense. Um, the other, the other thing I guess was um, today uh, we were Thursday uh, afternoon for me, morning for you. Uh, Blake James went on Packer and Durham on ACC Network this morning. Um, his first, I believe his first public comments of the entire season, right? Not even just since kind yep. of gone wrong. Um, with, 
he declined, I guess, a lot, multiple requests from you and, and Barry Jackson as things were kind of spiraling. Yes. Uh, so he pops on ACC Network this morning, uh, about a 12, 13, 14 minute spot. Uh, a lot of it kind of BS, right? Just NIL stuff, expansion stuff. Um, basically, answered three questions kind of relevant to the current happenings. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't think any of the questions mentioned Manny Diaz by name. He did not get into his, uh, Manny Diaz's job security at all and did not get into his own job security. Um, basically, finally took his chance to, to hit back at the, the Kirk Herbstreet um, rant that is still, uh, you know, clearly being felt around the program, right? Like since that, we've had Manny Diaz put out obviously a statement two days later. You had Julio Frank write a statement uh, less than a week later. And now less than two weeks later, Blake James is out there too. Um, I, I think they can, they can try to spin this all they want and try to, you know, rebut exactly. it all they want, but the pressure is on. And that that's the obvious, like that's the obvious takeaway. I think from, from all these guys responding to uh, Kirk Herbstreet's uh, segment on College Game Day uh, two weeks ago and uh, to Barry's um, report from uh, the week prior just about kind of some of the structural issues plaguing the program. Yeah, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, There's, they feel the pressure and they're, you know, they're responding when um, they really have nobody. I mean, Manny, Manny Diaz at least talked to, you know, talked to us um, on Zoom so we could ask him actual questions. But I mean, Blake James knows that the, where, you know, the ACC radio show or whatever, TV, whatever he was on this morning uh, was basically a softball. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, um, it was. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as when Manny goes on Monday first thing in the morning. Um, yeah, a little, a little, like, even and, with less. The, and then we obviously get to ask him questions uh, a couple hours later, but it kind of lets him set the agenda. Um, exactly. Blake, yes, obviously, he he's trying to set the agenda with with no chance for follow up. Right. Yeah, and when they, when they, I think when they go on these ACC shows, I mean, they know in advance what they're going to be asked, and he probably says, "I'm not going to talk about Manny and whatever," you know. So, uh, yeah, there's really nothing new there. I think it's very telling that Blake hasn't talked to any of us, um, and uh, yeah, we have asked uh, multiple, like you said, multiple times, more than once. I have Barry. And he's has- usually very good about talking it's great yeah he's usually great even when things you know he's been here for a lot of tricky times for the football program um obviously yeah i remember was it after the independence bowl i think and we uh um when manny loses to louisiana tech to go to six and seven in his first year and i think we all ran into blake in the like the bowels of the stadium and and he talked for for a couple minutes and that was obviously uh uh, not an easy, not, not, not a lot of easy answers at that time. So it's unusual. Yeah, he was good. He's always, yeah, he has a history of being great, but uh, just not, not recently. Um, and I, it just shows that, you know, that because the pressure is just as much, maybe more on him. Yeah. Um, and I, I also, you know, I remember when, you know, he, he at least gave a statement 
after the, do you remember? I know the, you know, uh, the pinstripe bowl. Pinstripe bowl, yeah. The, the pinstripe bowl. Wow, that was just, that was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> that was right, that was right before Mark Rick stepped down, right? Yes, a couple of days later. That was, yeah, I mean, that was amazing. And he, he put out a statement, you know, whatever, I can't remember. It's unacceptable or we don't, this isn't the way we, whatever, do things. Um, but there's nothing now because I think I think Blake knows now it's on him. I it's kind of weird if he says something about Manny. Well, he's right. saying about himself. So uh, I don't know. The whole thing is not in a good place. I, I agree with Kane's fans. I don't. I don't. As of right this second, you know, things in this college football world, things change every second, every minute, or, or, or as the time goes by, depending on what's happening, uh, the situation changes. So you can't make a concrete statement about what's going to happen in the future, but we kind of knew for now, everything's fine. But I think the North Carolina, excuse me, North Carolina game that is big. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, I yeah. I mean, I, I think as we've said a couple times, or, or at least I've said, you know, the rationale that Miami can make right now is they are two and three, which means nine and three is still nine and three with an ACC championship is still like attainable. Again, there are no signs that this team is going to do that, but right. uh, the, the sign, like it is attainable. It is mathematically still in play. Um, uh-huh. and, and, you know, once, once those, those goals that, that Manny can keep basically putting out there, right? The ACC is still in play, whatever, you know, how many times have we heard that at Miami over the last, I don't even know how long, um, before I was even here, obviously. Uh, once those goals go out the window, then, um, then you have nothing to fall back on. And yeah, this and is I, a weekend I, where it can't mathematically happen, probably, to get eliminated from the ACC, I assume. Um, but... You, know, ACC, you go to two and four and all of a sudden like you're shooting for another eight win season and like try to backdoor your way to Charlotte to get stomped by Wake Forest or whatever. Like um, it, then it looks, then, then it's, it becomes a lot harder to uh, for even the, the, the most Manny defend, like most defensive Canes fans and, and obviously Blake included in this category because of the nature of his job. Uh, to kind of make excuses anymore. Yeah, for sure. And I'm like, I'm like, I have up right now the ACC, uh, the ACC standings, you know, yeah. and I'm in the, co- <clears throat> but the thing in the coastal division, okay, Pitt is under is one and oh, and Virginia Tech is one and oh now in the coastal. Everybody else has at least one loss or two losses. North Carolina, Virginia, and Georgia Tech have two losses each in the ACC. Okay, two losses, North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia Tech. The thing is, uh, yeah, and Pitt is one and on Virginia Tech's one and on Miami still has to play both teams. The thing is that Pitt, Pitt, I think, is really good this year. I know, I think they lost to one lousy team, but otherwise they, they've been very impressive and they're four and one. Kenny and Miami, Heisman. What, what was that? Yeah, Kenny Pickett in the Heisman buzz. Kenny Pickett. Feels Which like is we all expected back in uh, 2017. Yeah, he's yeah. Feels like he's he is an old timer. Yeah, well, that was his debut, right? It was when they beat Miami. I think that was his first, at least his first start. I think was that game. And 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 playing in Pittsburgh is 
you know, Oct- the last weekend in October, it's difficult. It is, I, it, it's, it can be difficult. They, they, you know, um, I, who knows what will happen, but that's a really hard game. And so is North Carolina state, even mm-hmm. though it's Miami, it's at Miami. So what Virginia came to Miami, they couldn't win that one. I mean, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what it's I, it's not what I said, like, there's the you can you can say that nine wins and a trip to Charlotte are still attainable, but there's no signs that this team is gonna get there, right? No, um, I no. can't. No, and 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 why well, the pressure was on this week, you know, if, if they if they do somehow beat North Carolina, they're gonna be I don't know what the line is gonna be, um, but they're gonna be an underdog certainly. Um, yes, and potentially a pretty substantial one. Um, but if they they somehow beat North Carolina, then it buys them another week, right? And I'm not saying it's going to get fired if they lose to North yeah. Carolina, but like it buys you yeah. another week of saying, "All right, our goals are still in play." Yeah, it definitely does. And um, I don't know. I it doesn't. I mean, the quarterback situation. Uh, again, we've gone through this. Jay yeah. Carson is out. Derek King is out, uh, and Tyler Van Dyke who came on strong in the second quarter. Hopefully he stays healthy. That's all I can say. Uh, But it's, they've got a law. It feels like it's, we keep saying this is going to be a really long season. And, um, and I, I think they'd rather not let go of Manny Diaz at least yet. So, um, you know, we just, we just have to see what happens. And if you lose, if you lose three games, Miami's 0-1 in the in the ACC now, right. and they're three overall. If you lose three if you if you lose three games in the in the ACC standings, it's going to be such a crazy. Uh, what's if 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 three games lost losses does it? It's going to be a tiebreaker that's out of this world. It's yeah. going to be a million teams with three losses or whatever. However yeah. they do it, there's going to be a crazy tiebreaker. You. You know, I think two losses is is the limit in the ACC. Yeah, probably at least, like you said, to, to avoid some not top tiebreak nonsense that'll, that'll exactly. Get um, yeah, I mean, I, again, like I don't know, I don't know what firing Manny Diaz would have done this week, right? Like, even, maybe even yeah. just like, where what are they going to do? You you ride out the rest of the season with Rhett Lashley, who probably come back with the new coach. Like, I don't know, maybe it lets you get a jump start on on. It lets you get ahead of some of the recruiting um, problems, right? And, and mostly, like, with the attrition, I would say. Like, the negative recruiting where, um, you know, right now, it's, I think it's going to be hard for Miami to lock up a commitment when they have a, a coach that a lot of people perceive as a lame duck coach. It's exactly just yeah. as hard. It's probably just as hard when it's a interim coach trying to do it. But, uh, you know, it again, I, it, it's a really hard situation unless – unless you kind of know what your guy, your successor is going to be, and you can kind of maybe you want to start poking around, um, then there's not a whole lot you can do right now. Um, no, because otherwise you don't know who's, program. I mean, what, what's going to happen as we get into November and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. all right. Um, I think we can wrap things up there. Susan, you're lucky we ran out of time. We don't have to talk about Urban Meyer. Um <laughs> Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe some other week. Uh, I don't know, David. I don't know. Nobody on Twitter is saying to me, uh, bring home Urban Meyer. I know, I know. But, uh, 
he'll he's gonna be the big name it seems like right the uh i mean you, everyone's tied him to usc um obviously people still kind of want mario and i've seen lane kiffin a lot also um but uh you know urban's one of the best college football coaches of all time so there's obviously going to be uh some buzz whenever whenever he uh goes on the market uh, unless he just jumps straight from jacksonville to usc which seems like a possibility too um all right uh now let's get to my uh interview with michelle kaufman uh to talk some hurricanes baseball which uh Sorry, Hurricanes basketball, which will hopefully be better than Hurricanes football this year. And baseball. And baseball. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, we're back. We are now joined by Michelle Kaufman, our Hurricanes uh, basketball beat writer here at the Herald. Uh, practice started for them, I think, last Monday, technically. Uh, you were out of practice on Tuesday, I think it was. Um, yes. Their first media availability that day, too. Uh, figured a good time to, uh, obviously, with the football team, uh, not looking so good. <laughs> uh, a lot of people, I think, uh, obviously been frustrated with basketball the last couple of years, too. Um, a lot of things, I think, beyond the program's control, though, uh, between the FBI investigation um, and um, obviously a lot of injuries the last couple of years. Um, but there does seem to be a little bit of a sense of optimism. Um, I think they obviously hope they're going to be better than they've been in the last couple of years. Um, have a legit potential, like all conference star and Isaiah Wong, obviously back, which was a huge deal. Um, and then a lot of new pieces in the fold also, uh, Michelle, what's kind of the, the vibe around that, this team right now, uh, as, training camp has started for them and the season is kind of sneaking up on us. It is. I was, uh, I looked at the calendar. I'm like, Oh, they have their first exhibition game on October 20th. Wow. That's we're very three soon. weeks out from that. Basically we're most yeah, two, we're weeks two weeks out, two weeks we're out. two weeks out from that. And then the season starts November 9th. So yeah, it is right around the corner. Um, the team is going to look very different. Uh, the transfer portal in basketball last year was, was outrageous. Um, thousands of players switch schools. So every school pretty much had four or five transfers. It seems like uh, Miami had five. So out we'll do out and in <laughs> All right. out. Goodbye. Chris likes now at Arkansas, Earl Timberlake. Now at Memphis, Elijah Olani back to Stony Brook from which he came Nasir Brooks off to Ole Miss Matt Cross left in midseason last year to Louisville. So those five guys are gone. In came uh, one really interesting player, Charlie Moore, 
that's who everyone's really interested to see. Yeah. Um, this is a point guard who was Mr. Illinois basketball, very highly recruited coming out of high school. This is his fourth school in five years. So he went to Cal, then he went to Kansas, then he went to DePaul uh, for family reasons, moved back to Chicago, and then he transferred to here. So this is his fourth school. He's played in the Pac-12. He's played in the in the uh, Big East, he's played in the Big 12, he's played everywhere, and now he's going to play some ACC basketball. So he, from what I'm hearing is, and what I saw at practice yesterday, he is a true point guard. Um, Chris Likes, to be honest, was never a true point guard. Chris Likes was a 5'5 shooting guard. Uh, he was never really a guy who distributed the ball that much, was not looking around that much. He was always more looking to shoot and dribble. Yeah, he was like a consummate sixth man who... He, well, an yeah. overqualified sixth man, really. Yeah, I mean, he was—he could get off, and he could, you know, he could have big nights and get hot and score a lot of points. But he wasn't really a good ball distributor. He was not really a true point guard. Charlie Moore is a true point guard, and I think that this team really, really needs that. The UM teams that have done well, that made it to the Sweet Sixteen over a four-year span, both had very good point mm -hmm. guards. Um, so. You know, Charlie Moore is more cut out like like those like Shane Larkin and, and Angel Rodriguez type uh, player. Then the other transfer they got is Jordan Miller, who came from George Mason. And he's kind of a utility all around guy. I, I do think he's going to start. I really think the starting lineup will include both of these both transfers. I think Charlie will start this guy. Uh, Jordan Miller will start. And then Cam McGusty, Isaiah Wong who both came back from yep. testing yep. the NBA waters, which was a big boost uh, for a while there. It looked like they were going to be gone. They both checked with the NBA scouts and they were both told that they need more work. So they're back for more. So you're going to have those two guys back, the two transfers. And then uh, Sam Wardenberg missed all of last season with a foot injury. Didn't even play a single game. So he's back. Uh, the one guy that I that I want to bring up that I think fans should be looking forward to, I think Charlie Moore is one that everyone's curious yep. about. The other one is Nassim Poplar. They call him Wooga. He goes by the name Wooga. I need to talk to him and ask him where that <laughs> comes from. Yes. <laughs> but that is what Coach L calls him. No one calls him by his name. He is Wooga, W-O-O-G-A. Um, this guy, I'm hearing, he's a freshman. Um, and I'm just hearing really good things about him all around. They had a scrimmage the other day, 20 minutes. He scored 20 points. He scored 20 points in 20 minutes and he's a freshman. He needs a lot of work on defense. What I'm hearing is the guy can shoot lights out. He's got all the tools, you know, to someday be an NBA prospect, but he really never has had to play any kind of serious defense. So they're going to be working with him a lot on defense, but expect Wuga to be somebody who's in the mix and is going to be a big time player. Uh, then they've got a couple other freshmen, Ja'Kai Robinson. Well, it's because Wuga is actually, the, as far as the recruiting rankings went, he was kind of the, the other guy in this class, right? It was, you know, uh, Ja'Kai Robinson from Maryland, Bensley Joseph were like their two blue chip top 100 recruits. Right. Got. But what I'm, but what I'm gathering from talking to, people and coaches and whatever is that of the three freshmen Wuga may be the one that most ready of the three, at least 
Maybe Joseph's also three, he's although not a good defender. So right. that's going to that's going to hold him back. Um, Joseph so, will probably be slotted in and could, he's a point guard, right? So he's yes, going to just be behind Charlie guard. Moore. Yes, he and Charlie are going to be the true point guards. Uh, so, you know, the, the main thing with this team so far is that they have bodies. They're actually right. it feels deep, people. like compared to some of these teams we've talked about in the last couple of years, like where they had six named, players. Yeah, we've just named like nine guys who are pretty interesting. Yeah, six players and a walk on basically was this team for the last couple of years. Yeah. They have at least right now 13 guys in practice. They can actually have five on five scrimmages. Um, there's a new trainer, so there's kind of a new energy with this group and Charlie Moore, because he's played all over the United mm-hmm. States at this point, um, and he's an older guy. Yeah, probably like he, 20. I don't know. You, you might yeah, know. He's probably he's like 24, right? 23. Yeah, he's up yeah. there. He's up there. Um, he's a leader, though. Everyone tells me that he's been a real vocal leader because he's been around so long and he's an older guy. He came in and from day one is, you know, taking charge, taking a leadership role, telling people what to do. Um, I think he's going to be a really big impact player for them. Wuga is a, you know, a guy that everybody should watch, although don't watch him play defense quite yet. Just watch him on the other end of the floor. And, uh, you know, then Jordan Miller, they say is a great rebounder, very good around the basket. He's going to help the, you know, the interior game. Um, and having Sam Wardenberg back, you know, he was a good, hardworking, hard-nosed player. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, there's definitely optimism this year with the basketball team. There's a new energy. Everybody's healthy right now. Uh, they've got interesting freshmen. Uh, there's also a, a walk-on who's kind of interesting, and I am forgetting his, fir- his first the name. Freshman. Was Thomas. A freshman. Is, yes, from, yes, he's from the Netherlands. Yeah, he's a Dutch guy. Uh, I watched him at practice yesterday, and he looks pretty good for a walk-on. I mean, he's uh-huh. a walk-on, but he had some D one offers. Apparently, he had three or four D one offers. Uh, decided to come to Miami. He had lived in Miami at some point. He's Dutch, but had lived in in New York, L.A., and Miami. So he's a big city guy from the Netherlands, uh, and he is he's kind of interesting as a walk-on he looked pretty good along with the other freshmen um he didn't look that much like a walk-on to me so anyway i think it's going to be interesting you know last season they really had a bad regular season they were <laughs> 4 and 15 in the acc 10 and 17 overall but they had a little run at the acc tournament yes that showed a little spark of promise for this season they beat pitt they beat clemson and then they almost beat Georgia Tech, uh, which would have been, you know, amazing. But they they only came, I think, four points from beating Georgia Tech. So they ended the season on a high note uh, with a little bit of energy. And I think, to be honest, Chris Likes was not happy and would – I think he was a bit of a cancer in the locker room. I'll be honest. He was grumpy a lot. And I think with him gone, I think the mood is going to be better. I think – they have a true point guard now, which he never was. Right. And I just, I, I, I think that there's reason for optimism this year for hurricane fans. So if you're depressed about the football team, <laughs> have some hope with this basketball team. Yeah. To me, the couple of things that stand out, one is just the depth, as we mentioned, you know, we haven't even mentioned, you know, we, it took us a while to get to Rodney Miller, who 
I would think there's a chance as a starter at some point, right? Because he's the only like true center they kind of have on the roster. They have him and, and Dang Gak. Yeah, Dang Gak. And- yeah, and Harlem. Oh, and Anthony Walker. Anthony Walker, we, we didn't mention, who was name. a big-time recruit coming out of high school. Was not yes. really like put it together yet, but a lot of talent. Obviously. Anthony Walker has a lot of talent. He's a good kind of a stretch. He can do everything. You he know, could he be. Can- you know, he has the. In college basketball, obviously, you don't need to be seven feet tall to be a center. To he be a has center, kind of the tools right. to be a, a smaller center. I think he does. He's kind of a forward slash center yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. So they've, they've got really, I mean, with Isaiah Wong, Cam McGusty, Anthony Walker back, Dang Gak, Rodney Miller, Sam Wardenberg, Harlan Beverly, all yep. of those are players. Yep. Yeah, Plus. so they've got depth. Right now they've got depth. If they can stay healthy with this new trainer, Sam Johnson, lots yep. of pressure on Mr. Sam Johnson. <laughs> Whoever you are, Sam Johnson, there's Good a lot luck. of pressure because a lot of the the injuries last year, I don't know what the heck they were doing in the training room, but whatever it was, it wasn't working. So they've got a new system now yeah. and uh, and a lot of optimism. Yeah. The other thing that's standing out to me, I'm looking at the roster right now, and, and I appreciate that they have, with the weird eligibility thing, um, you know, the football roster just lists senior, redshirt freshman, and that can mean you're like any grade. Um, yeah. On the, the basketball roster, they list out what year you are. Um, so they have four six-year seniors on this roster. Um, which is, um, you know, a lot of teams are probably in that kind of situation this year. Yes. Um, but obviously that's a positive thing. And especially it has a lot of experience. And to be honest, the teams that coach L has, has succeeded with the most, including going back to his George Mason final four team, the teams he does the best with are the teams that have some older guys on them. Uh, he's the kind of coach who develops guys and he likes older guys who are mature. He, they relate to him better. Um, so the older the team, the better with Coach L. And this team is pretty old. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, those guys, if it's three of the four, we'll probably start between Moore, McGusty, and then either Wardenberg or Miller. So they're going to be an, an older starting lineup, um, which obviously is not necessarily in the case in, in the last few years. And then the other, I mean, the other, it really feels like the, the pivot point for this team is going to be how good is Isaiah Wong. Um, right. Because this team could probably be good if they're just like 12 deep and, you know, maybe be a bubble team and that kind of thing. But if Wong can take the leap that I think we know he has, like, you know, obviously he's a guy who wants to be in the NBA next year. And if, and if he yes. can get to that level, then. Um, yeah. And he, he showed, I mean, last year yeah. he had, he had stretches last year where he definitely looked like an NBA prospect. I mean, he's, he has great skills and he's worked a lot on his defense. The two things that, I mean, the two players, both Cam and Isaiah, yeah. uh, what they came away from the NBA scouts and everything was that they need to work on their defense. That was the main thing. And so Coach L said that most of the work that they've been doing, both of them, has been on the defensive end. So, you know, that should be able to help them in their overall game. And it, it should be able to help this team, which struggled defensively a lot last year. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing them and seeing how they are. I think they're going to be better than last year. I, I don't, I mean, I can't imagine them having a season like they had last year and, you know, there will be some fans in the building, you know, UM never draws huge crowds, but at least having someone in the building is better than having nobody. Cause right. that was, I was there and it was very depressing. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it felt like a practice. It didn't even feel like a game. Yeah, especially in, you know, that that gym is not like it doesn't feel like a 
NBA, you know, some of these gyms are 18,000 people and it just feels bigger when you're in a gym like that. Um, even if there's not a lot of fans, just family or whatever, like a lot of places had that gym really, it feels like a, a practice gym if there's yeah. no one in there. Yeah, it does. And, and, you know, there was just no energy. I mean, there was just no energy whatsoever. They didn't even allow the mascot to go in, which I don't understand. You know, I mean, I understand COVID, but you're talking about a mascot who's wearing a mask on his head. And, you know, why not yeah. let the mascot go in there and jump around or whatever? Yeah, or the band or something. They, the band, something. There was yeah. nothing. It was silence. I mean, I covered these games and you could hear every word, every squeak of the sneaker. Um, it really felt, I don't know how they even got the energy to play the games they did. Uh, so I think it's going to be a big boost for them to have whatever fans they can get out there. And, uh, you know, they've, they've uh, playing the ACC teams they're going to play, you know, they should get some decent crowds. So we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see them play. Yeah, it does. I mean, well, I guess we'll finish here. It does feel like this is kind of a pivotal year for the program and the same, not in the, you know, basketball is never under the same kind of scrutiny that football is, but obviously, you know, Blake James is on the hot seat and if something changes there and it's another, you know, this, how many years have been since that last tournament for basketball? Was that 2018, I guess, was the last yeah. time they made it? So obviously, yeah. um, you know, three straight, you know, the obviously 2020 tournament didn't happen, but they were not making it that year um, unless they won the ACC tournament. Um, so three straight years missing the tournament and really just not good years either. It's not like they were in no. trouble teams. No, and um, a losing record. I mean, Coach L didn't – Coach L yeah. never had losing records. and Never. And, and, and like I said, there were a lot of – like things outside of their control with injuries and, and the Dewan uh, situation and getting roped into the FBI uh, investigation. You no, know, that killed that recruiting class that that killed two recruiting classes. really killed two recruiting classes, but especially that uh, I guess the eight, like, you know, they, there are guys who, you know, there's a good chance they're going to land like Sadiq Bay who became a lottery pick. Like there, there were guys right. that they kind of got screwed. Um, this yeah. is a year that it feels like they've kind of built it back up. And this is a year I think they, they got to show that they've got this thing uh, going back in the direction that we're used to, to coach L teams looking like. Yeah, yes. He's obviously getting exactly. up there. People wonder if he's past his prime, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, has the game. And especially with, you see that, you know, Roy Williams is gone. Yeah. Coach K is, guard is gone except for Jim Beheim, basically. Yeah. Jim Beheim is still there and Leonard looks young, but Leonard <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> Leonard just looks young, but he yeah. doesn't get thrown in, but he is the same age as those other That's guys. True. I want to remind everybody yeah. that he has been coaching forever also, but he just has a more youthful appearance. <laughs> yeah. He's been bald for a long time, but it looks good <laughs> on him. Looks good on Leonard, you know? Yeah. So anyway, no, it should be an interesting year. It really should. Uh, and uh, like I said, Charlie Moore, definitely someone to look at. Wooga, someone to look well, at. I, his name is listed as Wooga on the roster. So it's yes. not, it's not just a, uh, nickname. Yeah. no one calls him by Nassine or however you pronounce it. It's Wooga. It's Wooga Poplar. Yeah. That's his name. Wooga. Yeah, and, so uh, I will ask him about that, but yeah, there's going to be some interesting players this year. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So we'll get you on again, uh, when the season gets a little bit closer, um, hopefully you'll get to the bottom of Wooga by then. And, uh, yes, we'll, I will. Uh, well, hopefully yeah, I after, promise hopefully. to get rid of Wooga. Uh, not get rid, get, get to the bottom of Wooga and the name uh, by that time. And I'm also going to find out a little more about the Dutch, uh, the Dutch nomad who's lived all over the world, the citizen of the world. Uh, Cause he looks pretty good. He looks pretty interesting. So I want to hear a little more about his story. 
Yeah, and and another depth piece potentially for them. I was looking. Yeah, he did have I think an offer from Eastern Washington, which is you know it's a tournament. You know, a, a team that's best in its conference typically. Um, right. You know, Cal State Fullerton. I think it offered. So that's that's a nice depth piece to have on this roster. Um, right. But let's wrap things up there. Uh, Michelle, thanks for coming on. Uh, you can follow yeah. Michelle on Twitter at Cough Sports. K A U F Sports. Uh, obviously, a lot of Inter Miami coverage still going on, although. Things are not looking great for them. It seems like you're going to be uh, in basketball mode in a little bit. Here. I know. I was thinking at the. I, I was thinking for a while that oh, I'm going to be juggling in November. I'll be juggling the MLS <laughs> playoffs and the beginning of college basketball season. But it looks like uh, one's going to end right in time for the other one to start up. So, yeah. so uh, thanks as always uh, for coming on, Michelle. And uh, we will, like I said, talk to you uh, probably in a couple of weeks here when when the season gets going. All right. Sounds good. Thanks.